everybody and welcome to Wednesdays Together. I hope you've had a great week so far and I'm so grateful you've taken time out of your busy schedule to be here with us today. So I'm curious, I have a question for you. What kind of prayers do you pray before the meal, right? Like saying your blessing before a meal, right? Um, are you the long, pious, praying person that everybody kind of really hates at the Thanksgiving meal because you pray this long, super long prayer and people just really want to eat? Like, is that you? Um, are you uh, the mom or the dad who sings a kid's blessing song with your little ones? You know, like, Lord, we thank thee, Lord, we thank thee for our food. Do you do that? Do you still do that? You still hear that in your head, even though your kids are grown? Um, are you, um, are you the one who asked God to bless the hands who prepared this meal? I mean, bravo, that's a good, that's a nice touch. And that's probably um, really going to help score brownie points for you to get invited back for another meal. So that's definitely a good choice. Are you the person who asks God to use this food for the nourishment of your body? Even when there is nothing on your plate that has any nutritional value whatsoever, I mean, is that you? Come on, I know <laughs> I know you are guilty of that from at some point in your life you've been guilty of that. See, I'm trying to figure out what this what these kind of blessing uh, for the meals, what those kind of prayers teach us about our prayer life, right? Because we know that it's scientifically impossible for some of the things that we eat to bring nourishment to our bodies. So are we just praying that prayer out of rote memory, no matter what is on the plate in front of us? Or do some of us have such great faith that we're that really the only reason we even eat that kind of food or pray that kind of prayer is to give God an opportunity to perform a miracle? Like, is that you? Is that is that why you pray those kind of prayers? Come on, somebody. I'm talking about prayers that move the heart of God. And I'm so glad you've joined us for this series. I pray it's been beneficial for you. I hope your prayer life has been stretched and it's been strengthened through this series. And as we bring this series a uh, to a close, this series on prayer to a close, our final message tonight will be part two about praying according to God's will. We've studied so many beautiful prayers in scripture, prayers that truly move the heart of God and draw our hearts closer to him as well. And I hope you've been able to glean some insight on prayer and maybe even incorporate these prayers and the model that they've given us in your own prayer time. And as we talk again tonight about praying according to God's will, I hope we can grasp that when we pray according to God's will, it will not only change your prayer life, but it can also transform your entire relationship with God because praying according to God's will absolutely can change our entire lives. Does anybody believe that? Do you believe that with me today? I shared last week my belief 
that we have a special season of grace right now that we are living in. In this tumultuous season of life, there's a window, there's an opportunity of grace for us. It's a time, I believe, that God is calling our hearts back to him. And we may not have this kind of opportunity again. So now is the time to dig deeper in prayer and to fully surrender to him. To pray in such a way that shakes heaven and shakes me so that my flesh will die daily and his love and his light will shine through me. Is that your prayer as well? Is that your desire for God's love to shine through you in this dark, lonely world? If we desire that, I promise you God will do that through each one of us. Amen. Amen. The greatest prayers we can ever pray are those that we pray that are according to God's will. When we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is already in heaven. Those are the most powerful prayers that we can pray. And last week we discussed really the entire purpose of prayer and that is for glorifying God. It's great to have conversations with God. It's great for him to hear us. It's great for him to meet our needs. But the, really the primary purpose is to bring glory to God. We grow deeper in relationship with him and that glorifies God. That makes him famous as scripture says, and that makes our testimony more believable to people, more relatable to people because we have a true connection to God through our prayer lives. That's the primary purpose. So we should always seek the glory of God and the will of God throughout our prayers. We can trust that our prayers are according to God's will when they align with his word. That's always a safeguard that we can have when we're praying. Our prayers are according to God's will. Also, when they are according to God's character. We talked about that last week. And when they follow the principles of living a consecrated, dedicated Christian life as well. Ultimately, when, when my prayers are designed to benefit God's kingdom, that's when I know I am praying according to God's will. There is power from prayer, absolutely, that comes to us when we confidently believe that God hears us. There is power in prayer by praying in and according to God's will and purpose. And when we pray that way, we know that he hears and we know that he answers. Reading through the Bible, I see prayers everywhere at every turn of answered uh, answered prayers by faithful men and women of God because these people prayed according to God's will. So as we finish out this series that has highlighted so many amazing prayers in scripture, I'd like for us to discuss just a few more examples of prayer according to the will of God. You see, I am convinced that these spiritual giants that we see in the Bible they aren't giants because of their abilities or because of their giftings or because they are more passionate than other people. That, that's not what makes them a spiritual giant. And it's certainly not because they did all the right things. We know that to be true, right? But they knew how to connect with God and they allowed his power to strengthen them at the times they needed it most. 
So that's why we're reading about them in scripture today, because they had that connection. They knew what prayer was about. And in these examples, throughout scripture, we see the power of unified, focused prayer that glorifies God. And we definitely see that in the examples that I'm highlighting here tonight. One example is when Peter was thrown in prison for preaching the gospel. Maybe you've heard that story. And an angel appeared to him and helped him make one of the greatest jailbreaks known to humanity. And you, when I'm reading that, when I hear about that story, I'm of course left to wonder, well, God, what brought about that great deliverance? How did that come to pass? So, so I'm gonna turn our attention to Acts 12, 11 and 12, so that hopefully we can see what took place. And if you're watching online, you can follow in the comments as well. We have scriptures posted there for you to follow. Verse 11 says, and when Peter had come to himself, he said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. There were people gathered, other believers, they were gathered praying in the home um, of Mary and God answered their prayers. Right in that moment, God answered their prayers. God provided deliverance for him right in that moment. Why? Because God's people did what they were called to do. They helped carry the load of their brother in his time of need, and they prayed for God's will to be done. The end result was the miraculous. God answered in a supernatural way, and he was glorified because his people trusted him to do what was impossible. His people did their part and God did what only he could do. We've got another prison story that is equally exciting and uh, supernatural as well. We see Paul and Silas in prison as well, also in prison for preaching the gospel. We read in Acts chapter 16 verses 25 through 26. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. These men, they prayed with faith in the middle of their circumstances. Listen, they were there, they were in bondage, they were in prison and that did not slow down their praise. They were still committed to praising God. And in the midst of their situation, God provided a miraculous, supernatural deliverance from their prison cell. And we know the rest of the story. From that moment, people were saved. See, miracles, the Bible says that signs are for the unbeliever. Miracles happen and it brings glory to God and other people come to him. We see that pattern many times. Even in the Old Testament, God was so moved by the prayers of his faithful people. We see this um, at the battle on Mount Carmel between Elijah and the prophets of Baal. If we read 1 Kings 18, 37 through 39, it reads this way. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you 
are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. In these passages, I've got to ask myself, what is the common denominator? What do we see that grabs the heart of God with these prayers that were prayed on behalf of God's people? What captivated his attention and why did he move? What was it about their lives that caused God to act in such a way? And I believe all of these illustrations reveal that these were people who had lived with a kingdom mindset. These were people who didn't give care for their own or what they could amass or what they could gain in life. Their sole purpose was God's kingdom. Their sole purpose was putting God first. They were able to see beyond themselves. They were able to see beyond their own needs, their own situations, and see the needs of the kingdom and pray to that end. They were not only praying in accordance with God's will and purpose, but they were also living their lives according to his will and plan. Now, before I'm, before I'm misunderstood, let me state this. We pray according to God's will. Sometimes God answers according to our will, right? Sometimes those two are aligned. Sometimes it doesn't it doesn't come the way that we would desire it. Ultimately, every prayer is, is healed, is redeemed, is delivered in heaven. We know that. We know that to be true. But please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that if you've prayed a prayer and you've prayed a prayer and you've prayed a prayer and you're praying according to God's will, but it hasn't been answered yet. I'm not saying it's because you have sin in your life or because you're not a godly person. But I am saying that there is a principle in scripture that when we put God first, when we put God's kingdom first and we pray according to his will, then God moves in ways that he will receive the glory. It still might not be the way that we want him to move, but he will always receive glory when we pray according to his will. And that is a hard truth to learn and to understand, but I promise you, if you receive that tonight and let your heart just soak that up, it, it makes more sense to you, to your brain as you go through life and then you begin to see that happen time and time again. Because what happens with us, we're humans, we're frail. We have desires and needs and wants. And when things aren't met according to those, the way that we would like them, then it's very easy for us to put up this wall, to stop believing, to stop having hope. But what I want you to know, you can take this to the bank. When you pray according to God's will, he will always answer, even if it's not the way that we want it to happen. You can trust him to be sovereign and to do what is best for you in that situation. We can trust him in that. And so these people were living their lives according to God's will and God's plan. And as a result, the needs of the kingdom became their needs. That's what they were primarily focused on. And God answered in powerful demonstrations of his might. 
in powerful demonstrations of his sovereignty. God answered in powerful demonstrations so that no one else could receive the glory. Everybody knew that that deliverance came from God and from God alone. And I want you to know today we can have the same experience. This world is prime and ripe and ready for the supernatural to be in action right now. And I'm just telling you, God just wants a vessel. God just wants a willing vessel because this is the time. This is the time for the body of Christ to rise up. This is the time for God to receive glory. This is the time for unbelievers to look to the church and say, oh my goodness, look what they are doing. Look at the power in which they walk. Look at the love. They will know that they knew they were Christians. They knew they were believers by the love they had one towards another. Look at the unity they have. Look at the peace and the joy that they walk in. If you think that those things aren't important, I'm telling you, friends, you are sorely mistaken. This is our opportunity. This is our time. This is God's time to shine. And he's looking for willing vessels who will allow him to move through their lives. I want to be that person. I know you want to be that person. Why don't we just thank him for that right now? Dear God, we are so grateful. We are so grateful for your presence. We want everything that you have for us, God. We want your spirit to flow through us. Ultimately, God, more than anything, we want our lives to be pleasing to you. Amen. 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 So I tell you today, when, when you feel when you feel doubt and unbelief rising up with what I'm about to say, you just need to tell it to, to get on out of here. Not today, Satan. I'm going to walk in faith. I'm going to believe that I can have the same supernatural experience that God is moved by my prayers. The same as these stories we read in the Bible. I can see that happen in my life. The same that we see happening overseas. We can experience that here in our lives, in our situations right now. The Bible says that God can do the same for us. In fact, Jesus said that we would do greater things than he did. So here, here's one thing you need to remind yourself. When you read these stories in scripture, those people were human. They were human, imperfect humans. We are made of the same stuff as them. We have the, we have the same God. We have the same struggles. We have the same temptations. We have the same power of the Holy Ghost. And the same principles of faith that worked in their lives can work in our lives as well. So we've got to follow their example if we want to see powerful results through prayer. I want to read a passage that's so encouraging to me. It's from James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. It says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months and he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit 
Folks, that's powerful promise to us. We should examine ourselves and say, God, I, here I am. I am praying. I want to see these amazing things. I want you to move through me, God. I want to see the things that we see in Scripture. And then you need to ask yourself these questions. Why do I want to be healed? Why do I want God to bless my finances? Why do I think I need this? Or why do I think I need that? You fill in the blanks because that will tell you if you truly are praying according to God's will. If you're praying to heal people so that people can say, wow, what a great gift you have. Not according to God's will. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we see sorcerer in the Bible who had that same struggle, who was rebuked. Not according to God's will. If, if, if we are not praying for the furtherance of God's kingdom, then we're not praying according to God's will. Am I praying for his kingdom to be spread about here on earth so that his name would be glorified, so that his goodness and his mercy would be raised up? Am I praying for that? Or am I praying simply to consume that request upon my own desires. Y'all, I know this isn't the easiest thing to hear, but I'm telling you, if we don't understand this, if we don't understand this powerful principle of prayer, then, then just get ready to continue the rest of your life in prayer being that hamster wheel, that hamster wheel, that hamster wheel, just going and going and going with not a lot to show for it. I want God to move through me. I want to be a willing vessel. And so, if I'm not praying in a way that glorifies God, I'm not praying according to his will. Am I simply wanting God to get me out of the mess that I made myself with no real thought of living in any kind of way that brings him glory? You know, you see people who make these deals. Lord, if you will just, if you will just answer this prayer, I promise. We've already talked about this. We, we, we're not in a position to broker with God. He can tell us, if you do this, then I will do this. But all we can say is, God, we are broken. God, we have no place to go but to you. We have no answers, God, but from you. And so we come to you right now in this moment. We humble ourselves. We surrender to you. That's the kind of prayer that we can pray. And when we pray those kinds of prayers, when we pray those bold prayers, God will honor us. You don't have to be afraid to ask God to do something for you. And you don't even have to be afraid of what God has in store for your future. You can trust that he is your supplier, your deliverer, your strength. And I've heard it said before, I've said it before myself as well. When I make God's business my business, he will make my business his business. The things that are important to God, when those things become important to me, then the things that are important to me those things will become important to him. That is exactly what praying according to God's will is all about. It's saying, God, I do not have the answers, but you do. It's saying, God, it doesn't have to be my way. For some of us, that's harder to say than others. Um, it's saying, God, I'm tired of trying to do things my way. I'm so sick of this hamster wheel because my way it's not getting me very far. God, I want to fully surrender to you. And even when my back is against the wall, I know you are here. You are present in that moment, working on my behalf. One of our favorite songs to sing is, even when I don't see it, you're working. 
We know that to be true. You never stop working for us. You're always working on our behalf when we fully surrender the situation over to you. When we try to work it out ourselves, we're in effect tying the hands of God because God is going to work in situations that he will get the glory. God is going to work in situations when we get out of the way, when our flesh gets out of the way and his spirit can shine through and be manifest. So when I surrender my desires to God and I trust him, I know that he hears me. I can trust in knowing that his ways are always best. I've got to maintain a devotional life that keeps me focused on God's will and purpose daily. I'm telling you, you don't just wake up one morning and say, oh, the will of God. It's great. I'd love to live it. Listen, the only time you feel that, just, you know, that that's what you feel at the altar. That's what you feel after a powerful service. And, you know, the heavens open and the angels are singing and life is perfect. And, you know, you don't want to kick the dog anymore. I mean, like that's, you know, please don't kick your dog. I, that probably wasn't a good thing to say. But that's what you feel after you've been in the powerful presence of God. The only way to maintain that that dying daily is to die daily. That's the only way to maintain that is to die daily. And so that's what we do with our devotional life. We've got to stay focused on God's will. We've got to stay focused on his purpose daily rather than my own immediate needs and goals, or can I say disappointments or offenses or all the things in the world that are not going the way that I want it to go. I have to stay focused on his will and realize that my citizenship is heavenly. And that's my focus, laying up a crown for me in heaven that will not be destroyed here on earth when all this passes away. Sometimes, sometimes when we are, when we are that kingdom focused, when that is the focus of our lives, that means God will call me to seasons of prayer, to seasons of fasting, to intercessory prayer for others. We've talked about these things. And, and here's, 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 here's what I want to end this entire series on. I can't end a series on prayer without emphasizing this. We must learn how to pray in the Holy Spirit. We must learn how to pray in the Holy Spirit. It's a gift from God to strengthen you, to help you grow deeper in your walk with God. And scripture tells us to stir up the gift. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about if you've been filled with the spirit of God as evidenced by speaking in another language that you have not learned, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. And you need to be walking in that. You need to stir up that gift. And when things come your way and you don't know how to pray, pray in the spirit. Romans 8:26 says, likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know how we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. When we pray in the Holy Ghost, that means God's very Spirit is praying on our behalf according to exactly what we need. And I'd like to close, um, I'd like to close with a scripture that to me seems so very relevant for this moment. Jude, the brother of Jesus, he was writing from a time when everything that could be shaken was being shaken. And it sounds, it just seems so familiar, so similar to where we are right now, when people were turning their backs on their faith and denying the truth of God's word. 
But Jude called the people of God to one of the most powerful weapons in their spiritual arsenal. Jude verse 20 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you something. Do you do you feel like your breakthrough is being denied, it's being kept from you? Do you feel like you? it's just so hard to press through? It's so hard to get to the place that you need to be with God? Let, let, let me tell you, I'm not talking about stuff. I'm not talking about your wish list. I'm talking about our souls. I'm talking about are you tired of your spirit feeling empty? Are you tired of your spirit feeling lonely and downtrodden and weary and do you want to break through in that i'm telling you pray in the spirit pray till you pray in the spirit and let the spirit of god break through break into that moment and transform you pray until you feel something shift Pray until you feel a new season, a new moment. Pray until you feel the heavens opening and the power of God connecting you, connecting with you and assuring you that you can make it. You can take another step. He is on your side. He is fighting for you. Pray according to God's will and then watch him move. Let's pray right now. Dear God, we are your children. We are your people. We believe in you. Lord, we don't have the answers, and quite frankly, we are just so tired of trying to figure them all out. Quite frankly, we are exhausted, and we are ready to fully surrender to you. We do not want to squander this sacred opportunity that you have given us to turn our hearts, our minds, our situations over to you in such a powerful way. And so we humble ourselves right now. We surrender everything to you. We place it at the foot of the cross. And we know that because of your resurrection, because of your power, because of the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us, Lord, that you will work according to your will. So, Lord, incline our hearts to you. Remind us of every prayer we have prayed throughout this series. Turn our spirits towards your kingdom. Lift our eyes up to see your goodness and your mercy. And, Lord, Flow through us in such a mighty way that you will receive the glory, that your kingdom will come, that your will will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And we will forever give you the praise and the glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Why don't you just thank him? Why don't you just thank him right now where you are? Because we serve the God who sees the God who hears and the God who delivers. And I'm telling you, I believe that we are going to see some dramatic answers to prayer in the coming months. I've already heard from last week's message, people, several people contacted me to say, I prayed, you encouraged me to keep on praying and look what God did. Look what God did with this person. Look what this has happened. This person was raised up out of a coma because we kept praying. We had prayer for this person at Thursday Bible, at Thursday prayer meeting. God is moving and I believe he's going to continue to move as we focus on praying according to his will. So let us know how we can pray with you. Let us know what God is doing in your life. We are here for you. We are believing God together with you for greater things as we commit to a deeper level of prayer. God bless you. We love you. Have a great rest of the week.